Hi, everybody. Welcome to On My Last Neuron with Dr. Kara Still. My name is Mike Dillon, and not only am I lucky enough to be Kara's husband and her sexy boy toy, but I'm also the host of this podcast. Seriously? Sexy boy toy? <laughs> You're the one that let me write the intro script, so that's what she gets. In this podcast, we deal with a variety of real-life issues. We look at the application of psychology in everyday life, and we explore things like human thought, and human behavior, and even things like mental illness. Let's go ahead and uh, jump into our topic that we're sure. going to be looking at today. And all kidding aside, yeah. uh, we are going to address a pretty serious topic today again. Yeah. Um, and that topic is uh, dementia or uh, Alzheimer's. And, and honestly, Karis, um, I personally have not had a lot of experience with, um, with this. You know, I've known people that have, you know, gone through it. I know people that have been caretakers, but personally, I haven't experienced it a whole lot. And so maybe could you just kind of clarify for us a little bit just to get started? You know, what is dementia or what is Alzheimer's? How are they related? Sure. Um, you know, I think... So dementia, there's a lot of different forms of dementia, and Alzheimer's is one form of dementia. So Alzheimer's tends to be more common. About 60 to 80% of people who have dementia have specifically Alzheimer's. It's a progressive condition, and it gets worse over time. It tends to affect people that are around 65 years and older, and right now there's no cure. We're working very hard on getting treatments, medications to kind of allow it to not progress as quickly. Um, we're working on a cure as well. But with Alzheimer's, there are plaques within the human brain that kind of eat away from the outside in. And as the neurons are being destroyed by those plaques, kind of the gateways or the communication between neurons begins to struggle. And this is where you'll see different types of signs or symptoms. Well, that's a kind of a good segue. Um, since you mentioned Sue, she was our guest on uh, an interview that you did with her, um, which we're going to get into here in just a little bit, let you guys listen to that conversation between Karis and Sue. Um, and so without having to listen to me talk too much, uh, we'll go ahead and uh, just uh, w- wanted to mention just a couple of quick things before we get started. Uh, number one, um, we know that this topic, like many of the topics that we discuss on this podcast, are really serious topics that people are struggling either with, you know, dementia and Alzheimer's or they are caretakers for people, you know, and, and I think caretakers experience a lot of the same kinds of challenges. You know, I mean, it's, it's yeah, just as traumatic for them, I think, as it is for the person who's going through and actually experiencing the, uh, uh, I think it can be just as, as difficult for the people that are, um, you know, doing the caretaking as it is for the people that are actually experiencing the symptoms and going through the, the physical changes that they are experiencing. Absolutely. So on that note, We want to be extremely sensitive and empathetic and understanding to our guests that come on here, but we also want to respect their privacy. And so with that, we decided that we're going to change the names of individuals if they have issues that are pretty private. So please, if you do recognize the voice or the person, um, don't bring up this podcast to them if you know. I'm sure it's hard enough to come and and provide information like that. But she understands that the goal of the podcast is to help bring more information to others. Guys, all of our families are going to experience this, and we ourselves might experience it. I have in my DNA, sorry, Mike, I have late Alzheimer's onset, and that's said that in my 23andMe. So it's something that, you know, we as a family have to think about down the road. I mean, we don't sit and focus or fixate on it, but um, I think becoming educated and knowing what's coming down the road helps to prepare people for it. I also want to know that people cope with issues in different ways. Sometimes you're going to hear some laughter in this episode, and part of that laughter is a coping mechanism to deal with some of the harder things that come about. One thing that Sue talks about a lot is the necessity of laughter 
in order to deal or cope with difficult things. And this is a very natural and healthy way of coping with things. She's also going to tell you that she cries. So, and I too believe that is a very extremely healthy coping mechanism. Um, I believe that people that express their feelings outwardly, as long as they're healthy, are very important. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We all cope with things in different ways. And, you know, and I, and I think, you know, and I think that brings up a good point. You know, I was talking to Sue after uh, after she did the interview with you and she was telling me a little bit about it. And, you know, her way of dealing with, you know, some of the some of the stories, some of the experiences that she knows that her mom has gone through and that she's experienced as a caretaker. You know, she she just really wanted to try and be as positive about the situation as possible. Well, with that, let's go ahead and uh, transition here in the podcast to uh, to your interview and your conversation. And um, after after you get a chance to listen to Karis and Sue talk, um, we'll come back and wrap things up. Sounds great. Okay, so I'm here with Sue, and we're going to talk about her journey of being a caretaker for her mom who has Alzheimer's and for those of you that don't know, Alzheimer's is a form of dementia. Now, Sue, what stage of Alzheimer's do you think your mom is now? How old is she, if I can ask that question? Yeah, um, she's 90, going to be 91 um, June 27th. Wow. Yeah. Did you did you think, oh, this woman's going to live to be 90? No. <laughs> All of her relatives, you know, died in their 80s, early 80s. Have you noticed, though, like my grandmother lived to be, I think, 92, and she was stubborn. Now, is your stubborn? Oh, very stubborn. Oh, okay. yes. Maybe it's a thing. That's how you live long, be yeah, stubborn. Yeah, that could be. Live long, be stubborn. Yeah. <laughs> so... How many years do you think you've been going through this process with your mom? When did you start noticing changes? Well, there, there were a couple key times. Uh, the first one was when my brother and sister-in-law were in a motorcycle accident. Can I ask how many brothers and sisters you have? I have one brother. Oh, okay. And um, he passed away three years ago. Oh, no. Um, so it's just me left now. Wow. And I bet that's been tough. It was very tough. Um, well, I, not, I mean, you probably thought, okay, him and I will take care of mom and dad. Yeah. Oh man. And I tell you, I had a lot of conversations with him up in heaven. How could you leave me alone with <laughs> mom and dad? I think Thanks I would too. Yeah. So, um, the first time I, um, noticed anything wrong was when, like I said, when my brother um, was in this motorcycle accident with his wife, um, they were in Amarillo, Texas, and um, it was a bad accident. And so my mom and dad decided they were going to drive down there to help him. And I gave mom my GPS, okay. um, and I showed her how to use it and everything. Well, they could not figure it out, and they were in Oklahoma City, and oh. I... Got a phone call from them uh, when they stopped that night and said uh, they were all shook up. And I said, well, what's wrong? And Well, they got on the toll way and she was going the wrong way. Wait, wait, wait. She got on a toll way going that way. Going the wrong dr- way. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. First of all, how do you get on the toll way yeah, going the wrong thinking, way? <laughs> I was thinking that, too. Like, what? How yeah. She she said she heard bells and stuff going off and sirens and stuff oh, that, and wow. and it didn't dawn on her. Did it? So that was an alert system yeah. for her, like turn around. Yeah, yeah. And it, <laughs> and she kept on driving. Oh and, my god! Until she found the exit, which was way down the road. Do you remember like what her age would have been at this point? Um. So that was, I think that was seven years ago. Oh my gosh! So yeah. eighty three. So you're starting to see something's off at 83. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Then she uh, got a new car, and I got a phone call saying, uh, don't panic, but uh, we've been in an accident, and we hit a Casey's gas station. (laughs) What? (laughs) No, like something at the Casey's gas station? No, she hit the building. She hit the building? Yeah. 
a brick building. I'm not laughing. Like, I'm just shocked. Yeah, yeah. She, thank God there was no one in front of her. She claimed that because of this new car, the brake pedal and the accelerator were in the wrong spot. Okay, the police had to have taken her license away at that point. Oh, no. No. What? Yeah, they did make her take a driving test. Um, so what age is she at this point? So that was five years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Five so years 85. ago. Yep. And uh, wow. so, yeah, she just claimed, oh, no, she's a good driver. Uh, but So tell me about your mom a little bit. Because mm-hmm. I think that's important. Like um, She's very smart. Everything has to be done a certain way, her way. Or the highway, and um, she um, did not want to anybody to know that she was having any problems whatsoever. So she was very good at disguising. Wow! Um, if she was having problems, that's the crazy thing with with intelligent, you know, people. They don't even have to go to college. Like if they have these devices, the mnemonic devices, or ways to remember things or association. They can get, they can do well on these tests, the Alzheimer's tests. Mm-hmm. Now, I think when we were talking earlier on, you kind of cued me in about this driving test that she had kind of <laughs> skittered her way through. Oh, my goodness. I want to hear about this. Yeah. So, my mom was in another accident. Um, and uh, now so, is this after the Casey's? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, she wow. got, actually, she got rear-ended and uh, so because of her age she had to take the driving test again and the first from the first accident uh, wait wait wait. okay so she's had two times had to take oh yeah yeah wow okay so the first time she had to take the um driving test um she passed the written test fine but the driving test um she had to take twice because she didn't stop long enough at a stop sign to just kind of roll <laughs> through it and uh, like all of us do yeah <laughs> and so um they you oh. get three chances to pass okay so on the second chance she did okay and she passed wow. so then when she got rear-ended she had to take the test again and so this time she's like i'm not taking it here in this town because I know that woman is going to give me the test, and she hates me, and I don't want to. So what she's saying is, I already took the test at this place, and there was somebody. It's that, against her. Oh, <laughs> my Lord. Yeah. Is she, is she taking this somewhere else? So she devised this plan oh. to go where her brother lives, because uh, she knows that town pretty well. Oh, Lord. And she, oh. she went up there. And took the test. Can I can I guess? Did she sweet talk her way through this? <laughs> well, yeah, but she flunked the first oh. test again. Oh, she drove out of the parking lot of the DOT, and um, the lady had her go around the the uh, corner and pull back in. And mom's like, "Oh, is that it?" <laughs> and the lady said, "Yes, you flunked." And she's wow. like, "What?" Well, there was a stop sign there, and you didn't stop. How long before they can take it again? Well, so she lied to me and told me that there was bad weather so that she couldn't come home that night. Oh, this is interesting. Yeah. Is this the first time you're seeing lying? Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah. How did you catch her? A couple months after she had taken the test, she forgot that she lied to me and told me the truth. And she gave this big sob story. How long do you live from your mom? I live five minutes away. So why can she not call you? For- oh, yeah. At that point, I was still working. But um, she could call me anytime. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I would go and get whatever she needed. It, You know, I must be a different personality because... I've seen people be like, you take my license away, that's it. I'd be like, 
yeah, drive me wherever. <laughs> I know. Most people are like, yeah. I'm going to be going. Yeah. You can drive me. You'd be, you'd be my chauffeur. Yeah. And she, no, that's like, she told me, if you take my driver's license away from me, I might as well just jump off a bridge then. And what? Yeah. So is your dad, like when she's showing me his symptoms, like where's your dad in this? Is he still? So he, bless his heart, he sticks by my mom's side and backs her up. She's a good driver. <laughs> and I'm like, Dad. So they're both here then? This, yeah. Okay. Yep. And is he about her age? He's 93. Okay. You're going to be 94. How's he doing? Well, so just recently, um, he's been put on hospice care. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. And uh, so he keeps falling. Um, his memory now has gone downhill. So you've watched two parents at the same time? Yeah, and he was my backup. Oh. Um, he used to back me up, you know, if, if mom accused me of something. <laughs> And I'm like, no, Mom, I didn't do that. Oh. And Dad would back me up. Well, now I don't have that anymore because oh, no. he can't remember. And he's like, I don't know. Are they still at home? No. Um, recently, um, they both got put in a nursing home. How'd that uh, go? Oh, my goodness. So <laughs> I fear this. I fear this, Sue. Like, I worry. Oh, it was terrible. Uh, so Dad got... He had fallen, got put in the hospital. Um, they discovered that every time he eats or drinks, uh, he aspirates into his lungs. Oh, my. And so they told him, if you continue to eat and drink normally, you will die. Oh, jeez. Um, otherwise, we can try a feeding tube. It will prolong your life, but eventually you're still going to die because even with a feeding tube, you're still going to aspirate. Did they just say it like that? You're going to die. Yeah. Yeah, oh, he did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How does he handle that? Well, I don't think he understood it at first because oh. he kind of knew that, yes, I'm going to die. And so he wanted to try the feeding tube first. Oh, my goodness. This is a guy that loves to eat and drink. <laughs> <laughs> this is what he lives for. There's nothing else he does all day. He eats and drinks. So I thought... This wasn't going to go well, but he wanted to try the feeding tube. So wow. they did it through the nose first oh, instead yeah. of the surgery through the stomach. Right. And the next day, the doctor called me and they said, well, it was not a pleasant <laughs> oh, night. No. Your dad kept asking when he could eat and drink. How long does he go be before he forgets that he asked for it? Um, Any clue? I would say... An Hour, an hour, yeah, wow. an hour or so. So yeah. he's not supposed to drink or eat like ever again, right? Yeah, with his feeding tube. Oh no, can you imagine? It's oh, like, bad enough. Like, yeah. Oh. So they asked me what I wanted to do, and I said, "Well, let's take it out." You knew, didn't you? Oh, like, that's his life. Eat. <laughs> he wants to eat, and that's wow. the only thing he looks forward to every day. Is and I suppose he's probably tiny too. He loves to eat. Yes. I guess he is. <laughs> he is. Ah. Yeah, he he weighs one eighty. Mister metabolism. Yeah. Man. Oh my goodness. And so, um, so really, this is not a story just about your mom. It's your dad, too. Well, like, it's now my dad, too. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, so they, they took it out. And, of course, he was so happy. <laughs> and um, Give me a cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> so he could eat anything. But he chokes then. Oh. He starts choking. And so they put him on hospice care. And so, and this was like two weeks ago. And um, he was kind of helping with my mom to kind of watch oh, her. good. And after um, we made the decision to move into the nursing home, yeah. uh, then that night my mom called me. She was home by herself. She said, she was crying and said, um, I can't find the car keys because she did actually lose the car keys. So. Is that a normal thing or is that like this is the first time she's lost the car keys? Um, it, 
She's lost them a couple times. I keep oh. trying to take them away from her <laughs> and so she can't drive. And then both my mom and dad would uh, threaten Nobody me. Nobody out there, if you know Judith, tell her. Yeah. <laughs> so they were going to call the police on me. Oh, okay. Yeah. And say that I um, stole oh, their car. Oh, your parents were Yes. Oh. Yes. They were going to call the police on me. Um, I don't so think the police would have bought it. No, but um, I did end up giving, because my mom then started chasing me around the house and trying what? to hit me. Like I, literally yeah, chasing. Chasing me and hitting me. So she's hit. She's like, she's become mean. So she's getting to those more advanced stages. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And she's never done that before, ever. And wow. she fell while she was chasing me and fell and ran into her Sue, how are you handling this? Uh, you know, it. I go home and I cry. Oh, and thank God you do. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and thank God I have wonderful friends who check on me. Mm. How are you doing? Can Is there anything I can help you with? And, and just to talk with someone else about it makes me feel so much better. Yeah. And there, knowing that there's other people that have it worse off than I do. I'm so that sorry. That have gone through it. Yeah, or, and they've gone oh, through it. Okay. Give me some advice on what to do. Yeah, so listeners, if, if you have not gone through this or you have gone through it, there's people right now that are going through it that might need an ear. Yeah. Know, somebody to, I mean, that sounds like it's such a support system for yeah. you. And, but, you know, I have to kind of, I have to look at the funny side of things, too, to keep my sanity. Um, so I just kind of, it's not mom anymore, and it's the disease, and, and I try to look into the humor of things. Yes. Like when she, when she fell, she laid on the ground, and she had her hand above her forehead, and she just had her eyes closed, and so I'll, my dad's yelling at me to, Help your mother. Go help your mother. Oh, and so no. I go over there. I'm like, Mom, are you okay? Mom. And she doesn't look up or anything. I'm like, Mom, are you okay? And she looks up at me, and she grabs my shirt oh, and tries to hit me. That's almost like a, like a horror flick. It was. Like, her, ups, her eyes pop open. Oh, my God. And I'm like, ah! How are you not petrified? <laughs> I think I ran out of the house. I like, did run out of the house. <laughs> oh, I jumped in my car oh, and I called scary. my husband. I'm like, what did he say? And he's like, "Get go home. Let's talk about this. Oh, and and we'll get her calmed down. Which That's when we gave her the car keys back. Oh, my goodness. And told Dad to watch the car. Don't give the car keys to Mom. Oh, man. But he did. This and sounds like you are a major caretaker for her. Oh, I, I was at this point. I had quit my job a year ago. Oh, my goodness. And so I went over every day and uh, was there every, every day. I usually had Sundays off, though. And That's very hard for, you know, even a couple to go through this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, we should have had them either move into our home or us move into them, but then my husband... I'm already like, how <laughs> is it you want this woman who's chasing you around? I well, I would be afraid um, that she would do something to our dogs because she doesn't like dogs. And, oh, my um, goodness. You know, so it just wouldn't work out if we no. moved in together. Was she ever open to assisted living or anything? No. Um, she flatly refused... And said, I am not moving out of my house. I want my things around me. And you're not getting rid of anything. I mean, she, this woman has magazines from 1970, oh, you know. Um, Life Magazine and Man. National Geographic and all these. Uh, her house is a fire hazard because of all these <laughs> things we've kept. <laughs> and she, in her mind, has this picture of... Back when her mom went oh, to a nursing home oh. and wasn't treated very nice. And that, you know, that's one of those statements I want to just focus on because maybe somebody out there that's caring for somebody right now doesn't even realize that could be happening in their circumstance. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's frightening if she saw her own mother yeah. in a really bad... In bad situation. Oh, yeah. fascinating. So that's what she has in her mind all the time now. Oh, is, no. 
you know, I'm not going to a nursing home because they did this to my mother. Oh, no. You know. So what I want to do now is maybe go over some of the signs and symptoms of Alzheimer's at various stages. And everybody gets these differently. I know they, you know, talk about what is, what generally is an early stage versus a middle stage versus a later stage. Um, So this is what doctors use. And maybe you can tell us kind of in that process, if your mom, maybe even dad has gone through these and when you saw them, everybody's so different with Alzheimer's. So the first one they list is memory loss that it disrupts their day to day. And, and the description talks about they'll have trouble remembering dates or holidays or events. Uh, they may ask this question, the same question over and over again, or they'll rely on family members to remember things. Mm-hmm. Well, I noticed last year. Uh, so this is when she's 89. Yes. Okay. Last year, uh, we had um, some family come in from all around the United States to visit and um, it was in June when they came and she had all the Easter decorations out. So wait, so she had, did she hang them in the normal places? Yeah, uh, she had an Easter wreath and she had an Easter egg (laughs) out on the, a big huge ceramic Easter egg in the middle of the table as her centerpiece. So this is where you talk about sense of humor. Yeah. Did you, did you? Well, I'm like, Mom, uh, why do you have the Easter stuff out? And she's like, well, it's Easter. I said, no, we already had Easter. Oh, man. Yeah. And she's like, well, what holiday is it? I said, well, it's not a holiday. We're just getting together. It's June. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And she had no concept whatsoever. So this sounds like this came up years later then? Yeah. Okay. So she's the holidays especially was kind of a shift to middle. Yeah. Middle of the stage? Yeah. Oh, that's fast. How about the repeating questions over and over again? Did she have? Uh, so that I noticed about four years ago starting. Okay. Um, she would ask a question and I would tell her. How and long it, in between? Uh, um, uh, 15, 20 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. The second one is changes in planning or problem solving. So this is when they'll have trouble with numbers or sticking to a plan. And this can include keeping track of things on a recipe they're trying to create or paying bills. And it takes them longer to do something. Uh, So, yeah, she had trouble this last year writing checks. She couldn't remember how to fill out a check. I want to highlight that a little bit, too, because literally you can almost tell what stage of Alzheimer's they're in, um, the later stages. Think about how many times you write your signature, and that will be one of the last things to go for Mm -hmm. somebody. Did did it go for her? Can she write her signature? Uh, She can still write her signature, however, it does not look like her signature anymore. It's different. And if you're trying to find out if somebody is ill, if you look at their signature and it has changed, there is something physically wrong with the brain because our signature comes from our brain and not from our hand. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Fascinating. And and then uh, as far as like recipes go, um, this last year I noticed that she's been putting odd things in or forgetting Parts of the recipe, um, and she. Had. So what I'm kind of hearing is like you had, like three four years of early stage. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. She um, would forget that she didn't have any lower teeth, and she would try to eat peanuts. Oh. And um, she would uh, put them in her mouth, and then realize she can't chew these. Then she would take them out. And I would come to their house, and there would be, like, peanuts lined up on the counter. And I'm like... Like, lined up, lined up? Yeah. And I'm like, what are these peanuts doing here on the counter? They weren't random. No. Like, literally lined Lined up. up. And I'm like, what are these peanuts doing here? And she says, well, I keep forgetting that I can't eat these peanuts. So I wash them, and I'm drying them on the counter, and then I'll just chop them up and put them in things. 
Wow. And, and so after that, I never ate there again. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And then I took away the peanuts, but then winter came and we would feed the squirrels and we had squirrel peanuts. Oh, wow. And oh, no. Yeah. She would go and pick them up off the ground and try to eat them. Oh, no. And so then I was buying peanuts again on the counter. And okay. I sound stupid, but our squirrel... Peanuts, peanuts the same well they're not salted okay. basically so they're in the shell okay <laughs> but yeah yeah i didn't know i was like but who knows what's been out supposed there to be eating this She's or not picking them off off the ground <laughs> oh, no you know? and you know in some ways i think we'd allow guys to do that a little more easily <laughs> but <laughs> you know something's wrong when mom's picking them up and eating them yeah like, at, least, at least she uh washed them first i guess <laughs> oh i don't know i i have no clue on that one <laughs> Oh, okay. So number three is difficulty with completing familiar tasks. So um, trouble driving, and you kind of talked about that a little bit, and organizing a grocery list. What are some things you saw from past mom that you don't see now? Well, um, so she always knew what she had, and so when she would make out the grocery list, and I would do the grocery shopping for them, and I'd get what was on her list, and then I'd put it away, and then she would have, like, ten bottles of shampoo, and, you know, I'm like, Mom, why did you put shampoo down? You have ten already. I remember my mom saying that. It was grenadine. That's so interesting, and it was, now, was it everything, or was it, like, particular items that... It was particular items. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and I I don't know why. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Flaxseed was one of them, you know, and That's it's just an odd thing to... It is, flaxseed. Flaxseed. That's so interesting. Yeah. Okay, so number four, confusion with time or place. They can they can have their seasons kind of screwed up, and it sounds like she went through that with Easter. Mm-hmm. Um, they may not understand something if it's not happening immediately. They may forget where they are and how they got there. So is that a later stage? I think that's a later stage. Okay. Okay. So number five, trouble understanding visual images and spatial relationships. Vision problems can be a sign of Alzheimer's. They may have problems judging distances or what color of shade something is. Well, I do know that um, a lot of times she'll get like really close to somebody, like inappropriately close. Oh. And <laughs> okay. Yeah. And that, you know, and then they back up, and then she gets close. That's amazing. That's a frontal lobe, which yeah. makes sense because Alzheimer's moves out to in, and it would make sense. Yeah. The frontal lobe kind of associates social control and spatial. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. As far as colors, um, yeah, she would say something was one color. and Now, was she matching? Did she match in the past and... Like clothes wise, and oh yeah, she matched in the past, but um, now not so much. Uh, she wears weird combinations. She's even wearing my dad's pants now, and keeps oh. saying that they're her pants. And I'm like, okay, no, mom, those are dad's. That's and interesting. Yeah, is she the same size as before? She's actually lost weight. Okay. Um. She's not eating as much. She's lost mm. like 35 pounds in the last year, and mm. she doesn't need to lose it. And so the doctor has been trying to get her to eat more, mm-hmm. and, but she forgets to eat. If I try to say, you know, Mom, why don't you, you haven't had breakfast yet or lunch or whatever, and she's like, no matter what I say, she'll argue against me oh, constantly, no matter what. So can somebody else get her to do something easier? Um, my dad has tried, um, but she is so stubborn. I quit my job to help take care of them, and but she wouldn't let me do things around the house. Like she would get, I would have to hide the fact that I'm doing laundry, and oh, if she caught me doing laundry, she would get so mad at me. How long were you doing that for her? Um, I did that for like a year and a half. Did it change over time? Nope. (laughs) She just was like, boom. From day one. What are you doing? Why are you doing it? I can do that. You don't need to do that. 
you know, so defensive that she could still do everything. So I would back off and let her, you know, but then she wasn't doing it. Like when it came to washing their clothes or and oh. things like that, I'm like, mom, you've been wearing the same outfit for like a week. It's time to change. No, no. Would um, forget that she hasn't done it or she would put the clothes in the washing machine and then walk off and not oh. start it. Then she would come back and see that it was done when oh. it really wasn't. Then she put the dirty clothes in the dryer and dry them. Do you think she's actually forgetting or do you think it's already finished in her mind? I think it's in her mind, it's already finished. Interesting. Yeah. Let's continue on with those symptoms. We're on six out of 10. New problems with words or speaking or writing. They may have trouble finding or joining a conversation. They may stop in the middle of a conversation, have no idea what they were talking about, repeat themselves, struggle with vocabulary or name an object differently or forget its name. So on that, I noticed my mom would, every morning she would read the paper and she would, if something caught her eye or whatever she wanted my dad to know, she would say, oh, did you know that blah, 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 blah. And then two minutes later, she would read the same thing oh. again. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And did you know that? It was like the first time she wow. was reading it and read it to him. And my dad would just go, go oh, now. really? <laughs> <laughs> Your dad must be so passive. <laughs> he, <was. laughs> he knew that if he said something wow. uh, contrary to that, you know, that she would get very upset. So he just went with the flow. They must have been married a long time. Oh, a very long time. Any clue, like, how long they were married? Um, or are they still married, right? Yeah, they're still married. Uh, 67 oh, years, Oh, my I think. gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So. Number seven, misplacing things and losing the ability to retrace steps. They may put something in unusual places and then forget where they put it. They have a real tough time retracing their steps. They may accuse other people of stealing their <laughs> things. And this gets worse. The stealing accusation gets worse as the disease progresses. Wow. So... By the look on your face. <laughs> so this has happened recently. Oh, wow. And I get blamed for everything missing, everything. And I get blamed for stealing it. Actually, when one of the times I gave her the car keys back, she decided that she was going to hide it from me. And, she, and she's hidden it from me three times now. The first time... I looked all over the house, and I finally found it uh -oh. in the window seat, in the very bottom of the window seat. What? And there was a box of socks. Like inside or down on the floor? Inside the window seat. <laughs> what? She was, that sounds like she's hiding. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in a box, and there was one white socks in a box of black socks. So I picked up in the white socks? Yeah. So I picked up the white sock. I'm like, why is there one white sock in this box of black socks? I picked it up and it felt heavy. And I stuck my hand in it and there's the key fob. No way. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Oh. And it's a good thing I picked it up because so I wouldn't have known. I would have never found it. Yeah. I would have never. I, nothing in my brain would have been like, why is there one? I mean, my socks are all different colors. Uh-huh. I can't believe you found that. I know. I couldn't believe it either. Oh. So he gave it back to her. And was she happy? Was she grateful? No, she wasn't. Oh, okay, great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you did this. I really don't. I don't either. Nothing I did was right, you know. Even oh, growing no. up, um, she was not a very happy person. Anyway, she hit it again. Oh, no. And the second time, um, it was... I'm not laughing at you. Like, I'm just like, you've been through a lot. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You need it's to, like, thing I'm saying. get a trip to Hawaii or something. Somebody who's, like, listening to this. Yeah. Oh, man. So, I had, a couple years ago, bought them a... It, it's a book, but it's a fake book, and it has a safe in the book. So, if you open it up, 
Um, there's a safe when it oh has a goodness. key and everything. And so you could put your treasures in there oh, and hide cool. it. And so I picked up I'm a little book. worried at what you're going to tell me is in there. <laughs> picked up the book and I shook it. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like the key fob. And mom, where's the key? I don't know. So now we can't find the key. Oh, no. To the book. Oh. And so. <laughs> Did you become a master lock picker? Oh, my God. So my husband was there. So Did he? he well, we tried picking it because he, he went on YouTube. Oh. And Google how to pick locks. I love YouTube. <laughs> but he oh. still couldn't do it. So he took a hammer and smashed it. And um, <laughs> if all else fails, use a hammer. Thank and, God it wasn't a safe. I, I know. I, I mean, it was it was a safe, but not a really good safe. You know oh, what I mean? no. So we got it open. There's the key fob. Are you kidding me? No. So there it is. And then she lost it again. Oh, my goodness. So then I was looking for it a third time. And guess what I found? I found the key to the safe. What? <laughs> and the key to the safe was in a Kleenex box. Do you do escape room? I know. <laughs> I'm serious. Do you do escape room? Yes. yes oh, well, so much thank fun. goodness. <laughs> oh, either that helps you to do escape rooms or vice versa. I know. Probably training for... But uh, at this point... The reason why I looked in the Kleenex box was because I was getting my mom ready to go to a nursing home. Oh. And um, I told my the nursing home person that my mom had lost the car key. And so I was hoping to be able to find it uh, so we could sell their car. Yeah. And um, she said, let me tell you one thing about old people. Who said this? Your mom? No, the nursing home person. Oh, oh okay. Um, the social worker from the nursing home. Okay. So she said, old people like to hide things in Kleenex boxes and clothes. So <laughs> no. she said, go and look in those places. She goes, I bet it's there. Sure enough, oh. here's the key to the safe deposit box thing in the Kleenex box. Why are these people at the nursing homes not writing books? I know. They should be. Yeah, they should be telling people. This is what they're going to do when they hit the stage. Look at this. Look yeah. at that. Wow. So yeah. your mom, that was a big symptom, was hiding. Hiding things. Hiding and things. she's still doing it. She's still doing it. Yeah. How, Where so, is she again? She's in a nursing home. Oh, yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Thank you. For that. I couldn't remember. Yeah. I did find the car key. Um, it was on top of the kitchen cabinet inside of a pitcher, you know, one of those oh. ceramic pitchers. And uh, wrapped in some orange plastic bag. You need to be on an international <laughs> escape room team. Seriously. Holy moly. Yeah. Now, who would think to look on top of a cabinet? How, now, did she have to get on something to put it up there? Oh, yeah. She had to have a step oh, ladder. Oh, that's frightening. Yeah. Yeah. Did she have a little step ladder? Yeah. Could... Yeah. Oh, this one is panicking me, and I'm not even taking care of her. Well, here's the reason why I even thought to look up there is because I looked at her stepladder, and she had wrapped a oh, no. maxi pad around <laughs> the stepladder so because it was leaning against the wall, and she didn't want to scratch the wall. And I'm like, why is there a maxi pad? Well, I'd be like, why does she have maxi pads? Yes, question. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Those of you men out there that don't understand why I asked that, (laughs) might want to go ask your wife. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So that's why I knew. (laughs) I knew that she had hidden something up high. You know, you're so. lucky you're as smart as what you are. <laughs> <laughs> Most people be like giving up, yeah. can't do it anymore. Oh, yeah. So that's why I started looking up high. Unbelievable. Yeah. Okay, two more. Number nine withdrawal from work or social activities. They have trouble holding or continuing a conversation. They may withdraw from hobbies or social activities at some point that they used to love. How did the pandemic affect them? Oh. Did they get through it okay? They they did. Um, did they understand what was going on? Well, not not at first. It took a long time for it to sink in. Okay. And um, 
they couldn't understand why I didn't want them going out. Oh. <laughs> and um, why I wanted them to just stay home. So given your mother's history, if you said, I want you to stay home, she probably would have wanted to go out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. no. She'd like to do the opposite. Did they get Did they get the vaccine? Yes. They oh. both. Oh, both good. Did. Yep. And so. they did okay? Oh, yeah. No problems whatsoever. Wow. He, both of them, they were just fine. Oh, my no goodness. No symptoms whatsoever. Unreal. I know. You've got healthy genes uh, in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last symptom, changes in mood or personality. They get upset much more easily with friends or family if they are out of their comfort zone. Okay, yes. So <laughs> Did you just check mark all 10 of these? <laughs> yeah, <I did. laughs> and that doesn't have to happen for somebody to have Alzheimer's. No. But no. You literally went down and checked them oh, all. Yeah. So five years ago, and this is when I noticed a real big difference. Um, I was at my son's wedding and um, I'm really scared after the peanuts, <laughs> after the maxi pad. <laughs> I'm just like, what is gonna happen? So we're not Catholic, but um, my daughter-in-law is catholic okay. and so we're trying to be really good and um yeah and so my son takes his other grandma down the aisle so i lean over to my mom and say make sure that um, gertrude goes all the way down to the end of the pew okay. and um so there's room for all of us because we have to go down to the um we have to all fit in that right. pew right and my mom looked at me, uh -oh. and she said, I'm not telling that blankety-blank woman anything. Podcasts? We can swear. Oh, we can swear. Yes, that's why okay. I love podcasts. Oh, we can okay. swear. Well, she said, goddamn woman. <laughs> and, <laughs> in church, in a Catholic church. And she's how? And the priest is behind <laughs> us. And he's probably thinking, those goddamn Presbyterians. I have to share, I have to share a fun story about my grandma. <laughs> Like, she probably had Alzheimer's at this point. Like, so my grandma sat down next to me at somebody's wedding. I believe it was my stepbrother's wedding. She was making comments, and she leaned over, and she said, you know, someone's the groom, and she said his name, but I won't give it. The groom doesn't look nervous at all. And I said, yeah, I kind of noticed that. Maybe it's because he's an older groom. And she leaned over again, and she said, He'll be mighty nervous if she doesn't show up in the door. And I was like, what? <gasps> and I was, it just takes you by surprise. Like, yeah. these comments. And there was nothing, like, on her face. It was just like, yeah, yeah. here it is. Yeah. And oh, my. Now that I think about it, I'm like, well, obviously, by that point, she probably had issues. And she was so good at hiding it. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Why is it weddings? Yeah. I don't know, but I was mortified. And they have the priest right behind oh, us. And the priest had heard it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the sad thing is he probably has seen that stuff all the time. Uh, so I do want to talk a little bit about how you've dealt with this emotionally. And if, if any of the listeners are out there, I want you to know the importance of self-care. This is a tremendous so what I've heard with statistics on caretaking, a lot of the times the caretaker ages quicker. You're looking good, so don't even go that direction. <laughs> they age quicker. Their health goes down two to three times more quickly than it normally does. And they show signs of severe stress. And they say, you've got to, got to, got to have some self-care there. Yeah. And I don't mean that to make you feel guilty. Oh, or no. But, well, I tell you, it was hard. And I have fibromyalgia, too. Oh. And it, it's been the worst it's ever, ever been. So stress activates that pain. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And there are nights where I I can't sleep. I'm in so much pain, and I just get up and, oh, man. and pace. And uh, how do you... How do you alleviate this? How? What are some small things you've done that have helped? What are some bigger things that you've done? Say the big things are going out with my friends, my girlfriends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, camping. Um, I love camping. That's those are my loves. I love shopping. 
Um, what does it feel like when you get out there camping? Are you able to let it go? Most of the time I am. Now we have a new camper this year and we've had some Ooh. issues. <laughs> oh, no. Does that bring it back? Does the fibromyalgia, like you start having something go wrong in another part of your life, does that just automatically trigger it? Yeah, it does. Oh my goodness. And then I also have type 2 diabetes and so my blood sugars were sky high your blood sugar yeah goes up it goes up way high so stress you know that's so important for our listeners to hear that just to know you have a physiological shift with a psychological stress yeah stressor and the bad thing is you know, my doctor keeps saying, you need to exercise more. Well, I'm in pain from the fibromyalgia, so I don't know what I can do. Because if I, I'll try to walk, and I can walk like a block and a half, and then I'm in so much pain, as where, I'm wondering, can I get back to the house? Oh, man. You know. Where do you feel the pain? I mean, I haven't talked to a ton of people with fibromyalgia. Um, in my legs, my feet. What does it feel like? Uh, well, and it changes every day. So it's not always consistent. So, like, today my hands are hurting really bad. So it, you never know what's going to hurt. An elbow could hurt, you know, my really? knee could hurt. Yeah. A lot. I, I also have back problems. So the pain goes down my legs, back of my legs. And I don't know a ton about this. Is this, is it genetic? Do you know? And um, No, I think. Is it random? It is, and I think something traumatic um, triggers it. Really? This is what I've read on fibromyalgia because they really don't know, but they theorize that it's stress-related. Wow. Yeah, and then there's no cure for it. Oh, my goodness. So you're dealing with pain. You know, and I do take medication for it, and it does help. That's I good. definitely know when I've forgotten to take it because that happened. You feel a difference. Oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. I didn't think I could live. <laughs> does anything help that? Does it, does it change with weather? Uh, a little bit. Um, I notice it when it's really, really cold or really hot and muggy. Okay. Okay, so lastly, um, do you have any resources that you've read or you understand the process of Alzheimer's? Well, I did a lot of online um, looking at, you know, Alzheimer's and my mom also has vascular dementia. Wow. And so I, I did a lot of online, but there is a book. So my doctor, or not my doctor, but my dad's doctor at the hospital recommended um, this book. It's called The 36-Hour Day. And it's by Dr. Nancy Mace and Dr. Peter Rabins. Okay. R-A-B-I-N-S. Oh, great. Um, it's a self-help book. Uh, I just started reading it, but so far... It is, is it helping already? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. It's so a lot. It describes, you know... What is the 36-hour thing? What, is, what do they mean by that? Um, it means that if you're a caregiver... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. That you're putting in 36 hours, you know, a day above and beyond. Meaning you're getting texted and you're getting phone calls and you're... Oh, yeah. It's constant. It's constant. And your fight or flight... Yeah. Oh, Sue, your fight or flight is probably constantly on. Well, you know, and like when they first went into the nursing home, I gave them their cell phone mistake. And so they were... Um, actually, they were calling their neighbors and wondering if I had put their house up for sale. What? And they accused me of putting their house up for sale. And then I, they said I moved in with my six dogs, which I don't have six dogs. I only have two. Did, wait, now you took care of them for a year and a half yeah. in their home, right? Yeah. Yep. I and now they're saying, oh. Yeah, that I stole all their money. And then I moved in with my six dogs. Six and, dogs. Yeah. And then I'm um, partying every night oh, with my six dogs boy. and making all kinds of noise and disturbing the neighbors. And so um, oh, this is no. what they're telling everybody in the nursing home. Oh, no. Yeah. That cannot be easy to do that. <laughs> no. And uh, I just have to laugh at it, though. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just... Honestly, a, this scares me to death, you know, yeah. that I might be dealing with this sometime. And how, what advice would you give somebody that's about to take on that role of caretaker? So 
you have to just remember it is not really them anymore. It's someone else. It's the it's the disease. And to laugh at the funny things. My mom accusing me of having six dogs and moving into her house. Oh, yeah. You know, partying all night. I'm like, no, that's not So does it get better? Um, does it get better when there's a group or a team watching over them? I mean, has it gotten better in the nursing home or is it just changed shape? It's kind of changed shape. Okay. Um, so uh, they're still finding ways to call me because I oh. did I did stop their cell phone service. Oh, and, no. <laughs> and now they're going down to the front desk, you know, and asking to use the oh, phone. Oh, no. And they're still calling me. So your mom is still mobile. Yeah, she oh. is healthy as a horse, you know, for being 90 um, years old. Oh. She's in great condition. She can run like you would not believe. Oh, no. And um, <laughs> she's strong. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. And um, But her mind is just gone. Oh, and so, so, yeah, but she's, she's healthy. And dad, on the other hand, is not, he's in a wheelchair and... Mm. Um, he's not doing so well, but, um, well, this cannot be easy. And I can't thank you enough for coming and sharing such personal things, but you know, I really feel like there's going to be people out there that are about to go through it or have gone yeah. through it. This, you know, one of the goals of the podcast is to really put things out there so that our listeners know you're not alone in this process. Yes. You're not alone. Get your friends together your friends are your support group. Um, I can't say enough about my friends. My friends have been awesome. That's amazing. And um, it, and it does help you to get through to just to talk to them about what's going on. Good. And and they don't have to help, you know, come up with a solution. They just listen. Yes. That's all I yes. ask. Just listen to me rant. Absolutely. And that helps so much. Well, and physiologically, we've been shown that talk therapy can reduce blood pressure, can reduce blood glucose levels, yeah. can reduce. So, you know, you it's like you have an innate sense of my body feels better after I talk to my friends. Yeah, really absolutely. Cool. And yep. guys, don't be afraid to talk. You know, I know it's tougher on men to talk through things, but... Even if you don't talk to other guys, there's plenty of women that will talk. Oh, yeah. Don't mind that. So. Yeah. Well, thank you again. And I, this has been so illuminating and enlightening well, you're and welcome. terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that sense of humor. That's what you need to do. So. Well, thank you again. You're welcome. Right. Bye bye. Bye. That was a, such a great conversation that you and Sue. Uh, had an opportunity to engage in. Um, I think, I think you hit it right on the head in the in your last couple of comments there that it's illuminating to hear these stories. That uh, it's it's engaging and interesting, but like you said, I think terrifying Absolutely. all at the same time. And I I can only imagine just you hear that combination of words and it just you know it, it's, it brings up this this whole weird sort of combination of emotions that you go through. You know, it's so interesting that you say that, Mike, because. The people that have played the role of caretaker, when you start asking them questions about it, they do struggle for words. And, you know, usually when people are doing that, it's like they're trying to put their myriad of emotions into sentences and the complexity of the diseases and the things that impact us. Um, I think on an emotional level, it's really hard to communicate. I just feel for her. And honestly, it makes me a bit scared. I really hope that we can help solve this issue. Yeah, definitely. And uh, um, well, one of the things I think, you know, to help with that solution is, is raising awareness. Obviously, definitely. you know, having conversations about it. But um, uh, the other thing, too, is, you know, as people age you know as people think look at their parents or look at you know the the, the elders i guess in their mm -hmm. life you know um you know to kind of have an awareness of what kinds of things to look for one of the things that you um are, yeah. are going to share with us are some questions that you know that somebody not only whether it's a person with you know maybe some signs that they think they might be progressing down the path of dementia or uh or as a caretaker you know looking to help out somebody um 
What can you share Absolutely, some of those questions yeah. that they might ask their doctors? So I got on the site before we did this conversation and looked up the Alzheimer's Association. I got to say, this is a great tool. Um, even if you are not experiencing this right now, um, most of us will experience this within our lifetime with somebody in our family and hopefully not yourself, but you know, maybe down the road, it may be something that comes up. So if you yourself or a family member has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disorder, here are some questions that you can ask, which are very useful. So which tests or tools were used to determine your diagnosis? What was being measured? Can my symptoms be coming from anything else? How did you come to the conclusion of Alzheimer's? How will the disease most likely progress? What's my prognosis? What can I expect in the future? Will the disease impact my other health conditions? When do I need to stop driving? Can I still work? In what capacity? What treatment options are now available? What symptoms are targeted with each medication? Are there alternative treatments available? How can you measure these treatments effectiveness? What are some of the side effects of those medications? Are there clinical studies being done with Alzheimer's? Who will be in charge of overseeing my care as I go forward? Will my doctor be able to see me in the hospital and continue care? How often will I have to go to follow-up appointments? Under what circumstances should I contact my doctor? At what point will I become unable to make my own health decisions? Are there any lifestyle changes that could help me so that the disease doesn't progress more quickly? And that's, there's a couple more on there, but I didn't want to overwhelm too, but th they have those listed out right on that site. So, Well, that sounds great. Um, we'll definitely have to thank Sue next time we see her for, you know, again, providing this great opportunity and sharing her insights. Um, it was incredible, uh, Sue. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I think with, uh, with that, I think we'll, we'll bring this podcast to a close. Thank you everyone for, for listening. Um, we are appreciative of, of, of our listeners. And if you guys ever have any questions, you know that you can always reach out to, uh, to Kara. She's really great about responding Absolutely. to uh, people's questions. So my like email that. is Dr. D-R-D-I-L-L-O-N-1976. Feel free to email me at any time. And before we go, if you think you may be experiencing some sort of symptoms of Alzheimer's, make sure to go to your doctor. They know how to test for this as well as test for other things. That's what they have all their schooling for. Awesome. Well, that was another great episode. Uh, thank you again for listening, everyone. And we will hopefully catch you in our next episode.